Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Twisted Talks. I'm Josh. I'm Tanya. And this week is Tanya's week. So she's going to be covering a case. Now, ignore me if I sound different. I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, Poisoned him. It's not as bad as it sounds. (laughs) It wasn't intentional. But guys, if you're cleaning up after animals, don't use bleach. We learned the hard way. Yeah. yeah. Um, Well, no, the issue was I, I washed the mop heads with bleach and just didn't think about it then when I cleaned up the dog pee. Um, so, sorry for poisoning you. So okay. Sorry. At least now I know well, what I'm it's like. I poisoned myself as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but you're and, lucky. You're the least sick out of the four of us. Honestly, and I was... But I'm like, that's kind of concerning to me because I'm like, does that mean like, like you're used to ammonia? Because that scares me a little bit for you. I should hope not. I mean, I don't use, like, because I don't use bleach on the litter tray because I... I knew better than to use Yeah, 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 pee. on I the just, I just didn't know that it happened with dog pee as well. It's weird. So yeah, lessons have been learned. <sighs> lessons have been learned. But anyway, so the yeah, if I, if I, um, well, I know I sound a bit off. That's why I sound off. But anyway, so I suppose with that, Tanya, take away before I turn into a coughing fit. I'm about to sneeze <laughs> again. Oh God. Um, but. Do you want me to wait for you to sneeze? No, work away. I'm going to try and suppress it. Oh, don't have Hopefully time. you don't have an aneurysm. <laughs> um, so, the topic of today's Twisted Talk <coughs> is Richard Ivanitz. Ivanitz? Yeah, I would say Ivanitz or Evanitz. Ivanitz, yeah. Um, so, Richard was responsible for the murders of three young girls in Spotsylvania County in Virginia, as well as the abduction of what another young girl. County? Spotsylvania. What name? I know, it's like, uh, it's giving Hotel Transylvania. Exactly, but for Dalmatians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Dalmatian hotel. Um... He also abducted another young girl. Now, this case does come with a trigger warning for violence and crimes committed against minors, including murder and sexual assault. Now, before we get into anything else, I'm going to give some history on our scumbag of the week, Richard Mark Evenitz. So, Richard was born on July 29th, 1963, in Columbia, South Carolina, to parents Joseph, Joe Evenitz, and Tess Evenitz. He has two sisters, Kristen, who was born in July 1968. I, like I will refer to her as Kirsten at some point. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just warning you, it is Kristen, not Kirsten. Um, but Kristen was born in July 1968 and Jennifer was born in March 1971. See, now that you've said it, that you're going to refer to as Kirsten, I know for a fact you'll be thinking about it and now you yeah. won't. And now it's like you've just made a liar out of yourself yeah, because you are going to say it right now. Yeah, probably. I'd be surprised if you don't. I'll be surprised if I don't. Yeah. Um, so Jennifer was born in March 1971. Now, according to information I've sourced from a research document that was compi- compiled by Lauren Burnett, Barbara Cannon, Kim Childers and Jacob Jones of Radford University's Department of Psychology, the even its home was not a peaceful or loving environment, to say the very least. See, this seems to be the story with all of these people Honestly, who turn out. Like, it's concerning. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's awful anyway, but... I forgot to put my phone on, do not disturb. Um, so, on Christmas Eve... In We're an, already disturbed. Yeah, I am disturbed. This week has been disturbing. Um, on Christmas Eve, in an unspecified year, Joe Evenitz, the father, uh, choked his daughter, Kristen, until she passed out for, for unknown reasons, though I would like to argue that no reason is good enough to choke your child... Into un- no reason is good enough to choke your child full stop, but especially into unconsciousness. Yeah. And but it's like there was no reason. It just what was happened. the reason? Like even if there was a reason, it wouldn't be okay. But yeah. like, um, so yeah, um, 
choked his his young daughter out um, till she physically passed out. Um, That's so dangerous as well because like the longer you stay unconscious, then it can yeah, affect your so brain the function. More, the more um, at risk you are of permanent brain, brain damage. So Jennifer, the youngest of the three children, would go on to say of their upbringing, quote, we lived in a prison. Joe was a very controlling person and I would like to say it is very telling that she doesn't call him dad. She refers to him as Joe. Yeah. Joe was a very controlling person. He wanted us to make straight A's. If we didn't, we were stupid. It was all about power and control. One quote that she gave from him was, you'll get an A or you'll get a beating. And she went on to say, I see him as a sadistic man who got pleasure. I know, I saw the pleasure in his face out of making us miserable. Yeah, because realistically, that's such an unrealistic expectation to have. Yeah. Nobody is going to ace everything all the time. Not always no, going to get A's. Not unless you're putting yourself under an intense amount of pressure. Yeah, but like even a lot of people that do, like even fucking some people that are literal geniuses, there might be a moment where they're going to get like a B. Yeah. Even the smartest cookies like. Nobody's perfect. In the Nobody's of, nerfic. In the words of Hannah I don't know Montana. what that's actually from. Um, I think that might be from Hannah Montana as well, or maybe it was like a little meme. But yeah, in the words of Hannah Montana, nobody's perfect. Um, so Joseph Evenitz, the father, uh, if I haven't made that clear, was an alcoholic as well as being controlling and violent. So I think we can all get a sense of how Richard became such a fucked up individual. Yeah. Is the only way I can think uh, to phrase it. Followed in footsteps and went the extra mile. Yeah. Um, so he would frequently, Joe would frequently physically and emotionally abuse all three of his children and frequently called Richard a moron and put him down. Um, now, as we'll find out, Richard was actually, he did very well in school. Okay. Um, so I think to then be hearing from your father that you're a moron. Even though you're actually doing really well. Yeah. It's like I'm doing well like you wanted me to and I'm still a moron. But I'm still not good enough, yeah. So, Richard graduated from high school in May 1980 at the age of 16. Now, I know typically you're 18 when you graduate high school, but... I'm like, yeah, did he skip years? Or was it just because different times maybe you can graduate younger back then? I'm unsure. I couldn't find concrete information on that. But I did find that as a freshman in high school, he was actually on a list of outstanding students. So, I would think that it is possible he was able to graduate early. Yeah. Um, But just casual vice break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his criminal acts seem to have started at around age 20, though there are things that he is suspected of prior to this, such as making obscene phone calls from the age of 13. Now, I am unsure on the full nature of these calls. So long story short, prank calls it, were either abusive or sexually explicit. Yeah, so it just said obscene, so take make of that what you wish. It is also, unfortunately, suspected that when he was 16 years old, Richard began to molest one of his sisters. Oh, delightful. Um, now, at 20 years old, Richard broke into a neighbour's home and stole coins. Now, I don't know if these were, like, antique coins or what the story was, but he stole some coins. Yeah, whether it was actual legal tender or, <laughs> or antique, we, yeah. has, we don't know. Um, so, obviously, the police were involved, the police were called, the police came out, and Richard was defended to the back teeth by his mother and no charges were filed um in february of the same year so i never wrote down the year so he's 20 so it would have been 1983 i think yeah 1983 um richard wrote a rubber check to kmart for three rubber check we'll get there 
for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Now a rubber check it's according that's gonna bounce a fake, is it? Yeah, so according to Investopedia, a rubber check is a check that cannot be cashed due to insufficient funds okay. or a stop payment order that was made by the sender. So in this case, I would assume that it was insufficient, insufficient funds. funds. But man, so I guess rubber makes sense because like a rubber band is going to bounce back. Yeah, like man literally went into Kmart and was like, yeah, here, can you cash this check for 350 grand for me, please? It no, sounds like a lot of money to expect a supermarket or a grocery store to yeah, be even able to cash. Like, That's a bit unrealistic. Should very have said unrealistic. Like 500 or 1,000. And he or was so. 20 and he was meant to be smart. I guess educationally smart and street smart and con, and con artist yeah. smart are not the same, apparently. We are not the same. Now, after this incident, Joe gave Richard a choice. He could live on the streets or he could enlist in the Navy. So later on... Another one that goes to I the Navy. I swear to God, Josh, I was doing the research and I was like, Josh is going to hate this. He's going to What is this. it like? And like, even like, there's actually... It must be the structure. But even the one I'm doing next, wanted to be a cop. Are you kidding me? But couldn't be a cop. It's like, I don't know if it's the whole... Position of power, I the authority, the structure, whatever. But and then maybe because they have that position of power Navy, and, and the... structure, that's why they don't commit the crimes while they're doing it because yeah. they feel in power of something. Yeah. And then afterwards, when yeah. they're not there, they lose that power, so they gather it illegally. But clearly, from the face you've just made, he's going to do stuff while he's in the Navy. So in his case, that doesn't apply. <laughs> you, you would be correct, my friend. Um, so, where was I? Where's Rick? The Kmart. Oh my god, that actually works though because his name is Richard. Um, yeah, so he enlisted um, in February 1983. Now, Richard kept a fairly low profile in the Navy. Still 20, so when he started, it was. When he started. Yeah. Um, so kept a fairly low profile in the Navy until. Here we go. January 3rd, 1987. So 25. 25. 24. No, 20 something 23 or 4 yeah I don't know okay um, old enough to know better yes Matt St. Matt right now um, you guys have probably figured it out while we're still here not knowing what it was yeah so but fair play to you what fair year was it 1987 so he was born in 1963 I'm 24 gonna... then because he was 19 in 1983 he was 20 yeah so 87 is another four years. So he's either 24 or coming up 24. At least one of us is good at maths. Oh, I'm, I would have got that so much faster if I wasn't in the brink of death. He was... Oh, excuse me. He was heading for 24 because he was born in July. There we go. Um. Yeah, so the date in question, January 3rd, 1987. Richard was stationed at the Mayport Navy Station in Jacksonville, Florida. He pulled up beside 15-year-old Kelly Ballard who was walking down the street with her three-year-old sister and began masturbating in full view of them. Just as you do. As as you do. Just as you do. I'm glad he didn't take either of them, at least. The next day, Kelly and her mother noticed him following them in a mall parking lot. The same. Same person. Yeah. She obviously recognised the car. Um... So they took down his license plate, registration number, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And reported him to the police. An arrest warrant was issued for Richard on February 9th for lewd slash lascivious acts in the presence of a minor child. Okay. Richard was admitted to base hospital around this time after coming back from a mission, is what it said. Okay. So he was Stationed doing somewhere something, or doing yeah. something or whatever. Um, but had to be admitted to the base hospital for hepatitis. 
So he was in the base hospital for five days and then was released into police custody where he told police that he, quote, had a problem masturbating in front of girls. Let's put it mildly. Okay. On June 30th, 1987. I mean, I guess at least, at least didn't try and deny it. He was like, yeah, I'm caught. He was like, yeah, I did. I did it. I did it. Um, on June 30th, 1987, Richard admitted to being drunk during the incident, which, like, you're also drunk driving. But I suppose it was the 80s. Yeah, did they even wear seatbelts then? Did they, cars even have seatbelts then? Um, I know, like, they didn't in the 70s, because I know Dad has, like, the vintage Beetle, and there's no seatbelts in that thing. There is no seatbelts in that thing. Yeah. There is no seatbelts in that they thing. They just don't exist. You get bounced around the place. There is no seatbelts. <laughs> for legal reasons, that car's not driven on main roads or anything like that. No, it's okay. He's insured. He's got the vintage insurance. He takes it for the vintage Oh my cars. God. And you're, so you're actually allowed in those cars without yeah. seatbelts? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well then, for legal purposes, But to be fair, like, the car can't all. go fast enough to kill you, so it's fine. <laughs> oh yeah, I forget the cars then wouldn't be the same speed-wise yeah. as cars now if this fly doesn't fly in a different direction. Um, so where was I? Yeah, so on the 30th of June, 1987, for the 500th time, Richard admitted being drunk during the incident mm -hmm. and pleaded no contest to his charges. So that's just, that's obviously just, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. I'm not objecting to the... Yeah, to the charges yeah. against me or whatever. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Mood. Sorry, I'm so tired today. He was fined 252... <laughs> Two hundred and fifty-two dollars and fifty cents. What's with the fifty cents? Just round it up to fifty-three, or leave it at fifty-two. Yeah. And he was also given three years of probation, and was also required to have a mental health evaluation and treatment from a psychosexual counselor. His punishment from the navy was so severe. Oh, sarcasm is strong. It was so severe. He was demoted from petty officer third class to petty officer second class. They really taught him a lesson. In March 1988, the Navy sent Richard to a rehabilitation centre for alcohol abuse. And on August 11th, 1988, when Richard was 25 years old, and I want everyone to keep that number in their minds. Okay. Which one? The age? He was 25. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He married Bonnie Lou Gower. Gower? Gower, I would say. I love the name Bonnie. Bonnie was 16 years old. Oh, I suppose that was Sorry, that noise sometimes normal back then. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know where that noise came from. I mean, I feel like that happened a lot back then. I'm like, I'm not saying it's okay, but I feel like it happened yeah, a lot. Still weird, but it's yeah. It's still weird, but I think, but it's also, also extra it's weird both. because it's him and because of jerking off in front um, of um, girls. Like when you think about it, Elvis, like Elvis Presley was known to be a fan of the old 16 year olds. The old young ones, the young ones. Yeah. And I think, is it Jerry Lee Lewis? Is his name now? Jerry Lee Lewis took it a step fucking further. Is this another bad person? Because I think he was 19. Let me, let me double check my facts. Let me just double check my facts. One second. <laughs> the little kind of hole music, but also the end of the word there. Ba, 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 ba. So Jerry Lee Lewis... At the fine, ripe old age of 22. The fine, ripe old age. <laughs> okay. She says, knowing she's going to be 26 in like three weeks. Um, married Myra Gale Lewis Williams, who was his first cousin once removed. And she was 13. She was 13. 
That's an interesting She one. was 13. And he was born in 1944, so this would have happened in the 60s. Because oh, he was 22. So strange. I was this guy someone who ended up being convicted of something, or is this just someone who ended up he famous? He was a singer. Oh, okay. Yeah, anyway. So, sorry. At least the tangent was slightly on topic this week. No, yeah, it was. Um. So... Yeah, married, married a sixteen, a sixteen-year-old married. Bonnie. Well, he was, was twenty-five. Like we're twenty-five. Well, you're nearly twenty-six, and I'm not far off twenty-six either. Yeah. But like, Before, I could not imagine even being with someone that's sixteen. Don't even fucking mind marrying them. I'm just on that whole vibe of, if they're younger than me, they can get to fuck. Like, I prefer older than me. Just anyway. get to fuck. Well, to be fair, if you're around my age, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any younger than that, no, it's a no. You have to be pretty fucking special. It's a strong no. Well, even at that. Um, So Bonnie would later tell investigators that they had a normal sex life, even though Richard would come home, blindfold her, and rape her for three hours. Like, this poor girl, because she was, I suppose she was so young, like, realistically, he was probably her first sexual experience. Yeah, and I'm like, this do we know the context of that? Was it, like, obviously, either way, it makes no fucking odds. But, like, I'm just curious. Does it mean rape as in statutory because of her age? Or was it actually rape as in she didn't even want it either? I believe it was both. Okay. Um, But I suppose because he was her husband, he was probably her first sexual experience. Yeah. She, because she was so young. Like, it... It's what, what's the, what's the phrasing? And we're also, what years were we in? The 80s? The 80s. It was her normal. Like, she was learning about sex from him. As far as she was concerned, it was it was her job as a wife. Yeah, like, she viewed it as normal, like, to the point where she told I do not agree with that, by the way. Yeah. Even if you're married to someone and you're not in the fucking mood or you don't want to, no is no. No means no. Um, so, yeah, was just terribly mistreated and thought it was normal god love her in november 1989 richard enlisted for another three years in the navy and on november 6th 1992 he left the navy with not only an honorable discharge i knew you were going to make that face but also the navy achievement medal for leadership a navy good conduct medal Sorry, what about the time he mastered? So basically several pats the on the back as well as... What about, the time he master- what about the time he had to hand him over to the guards because he masturbated in front of a 15-year-old and her three-year-old sister? How's that good conduct? How's that like, good conduct? The thing is, do you know what? Today, it's a very good day, like, in the sense that we're not on videos yet because, first of all, the absolute fucking state of me... Yeah, I won't even lie to you, yeah. And the faces I'm making. <laughs> yeah. Now, luckily, the colour has come back in my face <laughs> You're not to great. some extent. You're not grey anymore, but look... But, like, I was kind of grey last night as well. Really? Yeah. Um, we move. We move. So he also got two ghost... Ghost? Jesus Christ. Two Coast Guard Meritorious Unit Ribbons, whatever the fuck that is, a Sea Service Deployment Ribbon, and a National Defence Service Medal. So this man got about six pats on the back. As you do. Um... Now, after leaving the Navy is when Richard moved to Spotsylvania and began to work in Fredericksburg as a salesperson at Kaiser, K-A-E-S-E-R, Kaiser, I'm going to say Kaiser. Kaiser or Kaiser, one or, or the Kaiser? other. Kaiser, no, Kaiser. I'm I feel like Kaiser. I've heard Kaiser before, but I don't know what context or if that's to I do with a business or to do with a name or a 
I'm going to say Kayser. My brain just stopped. Kayser feels right. Tomato, tomato. Um, so, worked in Fredericksburg as a salesperson at Kayser Compressors, where it's said that his female colleagues, colleagues, sorry lads, I'm tired, okay? I'm tired. Um, where it said that his female colleagues avoided him for his tasteless jokes and the fact that he only spoke about women in a degrading manner and had anger issues. I would avoid him too. Yeah. In June 1993... Richard broke into a home where two young sisters were home alone. Oh, God above. He brought... Now, there is some debate on the colouring of these handcuffs. Okay, but handcuffs anyway. Yeah, now, some sources say they were fuzzy blue handcuffs. Other sources say they were fuzzy pink handcuffs. And I think... In I feel like it's easier to get fuzzy pink nowadays anyway. Yeah. They don't you see the most, but um, I don't know about back then. Now, I do think um, in my own research here, at one point I have fuzzy blue. At another point I have fuzzy pink. So it could be that it was two different pairs because this was 1993 and then the other mention of it is in 2002. Um, so <clears> he had brought... furry handcuffs anyway. Yeah, he had brought fuzzy blue handcuffs and a 25 calibre semi-automatic handgun. He locked the 11-year-old girl, the 11-year-old girl in the bathroom and proceeded to rape the 13-year-old girl oh, so but was never a suspect in this case until much later. And obviously because these were minors, I couldn't find... Yeah. Information. And to be honest... Bar what I have here. Yeah. Um, now, this all brings us to August 1996, when Bonnie left Richard... Good woman. ...as she felt lonely and unloved. She had been having an online affair and left him for the man that she had been having an affair with. To which I say, I don't condone cheating, but good for you, Bonnie. You fucking go, girl. Leave that man for dust. Very nice. Leave that man for dust. Fuck these men. Me there, though, but thinking back, I'm like, I wonder how, like, online dating works back then. <laughs> yeah, because they would have had, like, dial-up internet and everything. Do you like, know what I mean? Waiting about fucking yeah, six like, years for a message to load. Even when I... I even remember when I was younger that if mum was on the phone to my aunt in England, I'd be, like, waiting for them to get off the phone because while the house phone was being used, the internet didn't work. That's insane. I, I just not, wanted to play fucking like, Club Penguin. Where, oh, my God, Club Penguin. And mum was on the phone, and she'd be on the phone for ages, and I'd just be there fucking playing Minesweeper offline to try and keep myself busy when I wait for Club Penguin to be available again. But isn't it crazy that, like, we can remember that and look at where the internet is now, and we're only 25? Yeah, it does show a lot in a short space of time. Um. So then on... So we're kind of over Richard now. We're done with him. We're done with his history and his shit. Bonnie was clearly done with his shit. Yeah. Dead right. On September 9th, 1996, 16 year old Sofia Silva gathered up her homework and a soda and went out to the porch of her family's home in Spotsylvania County. Sofia is described as kind hearted and down to earth and was the light of her family's lives. She was also known to be caring and always willing to help someone who was in need. Did you already say what age she is? 16. Okay. Um, always willing to help someone who was in need and was sociable and well liked in her community. Sophia's older sister Pam stayed inside the house while Sophia went out to the porch to finish her homework and enjoy her soda. I prefer she's 16, you're not going to think she needs supervision on mm-hmm. her porch. Not too long after Sophia had gone, um, gone outside, Pam called out to her and when she received no response, she went to check on her younger sister. Oh shit. Only to find the porch empty and no sign of Sophia. Pam was immediately concerned and contacted their parents, which in turn led to the police being called. Search parties were immediately put together and sent out. The detectives even involved sniffer dogs and it said that they left no stone unturned. Unfortunately, Sophia wouldn't be located until a month later when her remains were found wrapped in a blue blanket and floating in a stream near State Route 3. 
Um, medical, examiner, medical examiners stated that she had been killed within days of going missing and that she had been sexually assaulted before being strangled. That's what gets me the most, though, when people have to wait so long. Like, it's horrible all around, and I'm sure I've said yeah. it before. But just the fact of holding out that hope, like... Only to find only out, to find they, out that, like, for the majority of that time, you're holding out hope they were already gone. It's awful. Like, I can't... I honestly That's, cannot yeah. even imagine. So, um, investigators believed that they had actually found Sophia's murderer fairly soon after the discovery of her body. Um, there was... I'm assuming wrong suspect. Yeah. Yeah. There was a man called Carl Michael Roush, Roush, Rush, that's R-O-U-S-H. Yeah, I don't even know where to, yeah. Carl Michael. With that guy. Carl Michael. Um, so Carl had shown interest in Sophia and had been seen interacting with her on several occasions and had several charges like indecent exposure and traffic violations to his name, which I wouldn't really say amount to murder, but whatever. Yeah, traffic violations. Yeah. Like. Um, additionally, there were fibres found on Sophia's body that were believed to have come from Carl Roosh's vehicle, and this led to his arrest. He was later cleared by forensics, though he did spend five months in custody, and investigators were soon faced with another murder that was very similar. So on May 1st, 1997... Uh, did you say he was in custody? For five months. And obviously then that happened while he was in custody. Yeah. So... Yeah. So on May 1st, 1997, Ron Lisk returned to his home once again in Spotsylvania County to find his daughters, 15-year-old Kristen, we have another Kristen, not Kirsten, Kristen, and 12-year-old Katie were missing. Kristen and Katie were very close and were also very close with their parents. They were, I suppose, what you'd call a very tight-knit family. Yeah. And Kristen and Katie loved spending time with their friends. And much like Sophia, were very sociable young girls who loved to make new friends and were always willing to help someone in need. When their dad returned home that day and the girls weren't there, he immediately gathered a team of volunteers to search for them. But when hours later they had no luck finding them, he involved the police. The police utilised every resource available to them. But still, there was no sign of the two girls until five days later when their bodies were found in the South Anna River, around 40 miles away. So their bodies were found sooner? <coughs> sooner than Sophia's than, had been, yeah. yeah. Um, so they were found in the South Anna River, which was around 40 miles away from their home. Okay. Okay, beep beep. <laughs> um, medical examiners... I don't even know if the wife would pick it up, I assume yeah. it did. Beep beep. Medical examiners stated that both girls had been dead for some time, and both of them had been sexually assaulted and strangled. Very same as... Yeah, so the exact same MO, um, right down to them being found in the body of water. so bad for that guy just based on what traffic violations got five months in prison. Yeah, honestly. Like, talk about jumping to conclusions. Um, now, there wasn't a lot of evidence or leads for the detectives to go on, and I assume this could be because the girls were found in a river, and obviously so it's going to wash away, wash away and contaminate, and, you know, yeah. and the fact that you know they'd been obviously been dead for at least three, four days at that point... Who is beeping? Don't, don't be know. rude. At least we're not out in my car. Yeah, for once, guys, we're recording in the sitting room. Yes. Um, But they did notice the similarities, the investigators did, between the Lisk sisters' murders and the murder of Sophia, Sophia Silva. Okay. Now, sadly, despite the efforts of the police department, there would be no breakthrough in the case until 2002. And this was back in 19... 96, 97. Yeah. I mean, like... Okay, compared to some cases, that's not a big, big gap. But, still, but it's still, still a long-ass time to yeah. not have answers, not find the right person. Yeah, like that's, what, six and seven years or something like that? Yeah. I should know, but I'm not good at maths. So, moving on to the next section of our case, I suppose. We have Cara Robinson. 
So Cara was born to parents Ron Robinson, what a name, Ron Robinson, and Deborah Johnson, and grew up in a very loving home in Columbia, South Carolina. In 2002, Cara was a normal 15-year-old girl who loved spending time with her friends, was close with her parents, and had aspirations of success for her future. On June 24th, 2002, Cara was spending time at a friend's house, and she was in the front garden watering flowers when an unknown man pulled into the driveway. He was driving a green Pontiac Firebird and asked Cara if she wanted to buy some magazines. Now, sources differ on the specifics here, but either Cara told the man that her friend's parents weren't home or she was simply looking at his selection of magazines and it was at this point... No, sorry, looking at his selection of magazines at this point, but either way, the man put a gun to Cara's neck and forced her into a large plastic storage container in the boot of his car trunk if you're American I say his car but I'm fairly sure it was actually his mother's car right so the man Richard obviously took Cara to the apartment that he lived in with his wife um, who was out of town at this point in time as was his mother he carried the bin inside before proceeding to tie Cara to the bed and sexually assaulting her he even made her watch the evening news sorry I know you already said it what age was she again 15 15 okay got a bit of brain fog going on yeah it's okay so he tied her to the bed, sexually assaulted her, made her watch the evening news to see if there was any mention of her abduction, and then he tied her to this like homemade wooden apparatus that basically left her spread eagle. Okay. Um, so like something that could be consensually used in bondage and BDSM and stuff, but in, yeah, this, case, in this case, yeah. it was, yeah. All right, Jake. I didn't even know Jake was here. Yeah, he's in his room. He's um, just woke up, clearly. Hi, Jake. So, he, like, he would also, he also forced Kara to watch, like, obscene child pornography from his own collection. Um, And every now and then he would pause it and assault her again. That's disgusting. Disgusting. Um, I don't even understand how, whether it's nowadays or in the past... People seem to so easily get their hands on that kind of material. See. Well, actually, do you know what? More so even in the past. Because now with modern technology, I'm, obviously, there's all these encrypted ways about things. I'm pretty sure, like, when the time comes and his house is being searched, they find videos of him. So, like, yeah, home. Of some of them are, if not children. all of them, are home videos. It's him abusing children or videos of him masturbating to child porn or they found, like, kids' underwear. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. It was just disgusting. So, <coughs> now, just like the case I covered for my last episode, Shasta Groney, Cara Robinson is resilient, she is smart, and she had been seriously underestimated by Richard Evenitz. Like, seriously underestimated. Good. So he held her captive for a torturous 18 hours, during which time she dilig- diligently followed his every command. And when he finally fell asleep, Cara managed to wriggle free of her bindings and took off running. And she ran all the way to the police station to report Thank what God. had just happened to her with a pair of fluffy pink handcuffs still attached to her wrist. Yeah. So, Lexington County Sheriff, I said that so weirdly, Lexington County Sheriff James R. Metz said to the Washington Post, quote, she was able to give us information down to the exactness of what was in the apartment. And by the way, this includes the serial number of the storage box that she had been kept in. Fair the fucking girl play. memorized the serial number. Like, fair play. 
Um, to even think to memorise those things. I wouldn't think of that. I, I don't would think not I would. think of that. Now, I know everyone acts different when you end up in a situation or something like that. You know, you, you might surprise yourself. But, like, still. Impressive. Yeah, very. Now, once reunited with her family, um, Cara was able to lead investigators back to the apartment and was even able to pick Re- Richard Ivan was even able to pick Richard Evenitz out of a photographic lineup. Now, at this time, Cara's name was not being released because A, she was a minor, and B, she was a rape victim. Yeah. When Evenitz had woken up and realised that Cara was gone, he took off. He fled to Sarasota, Florida, rightly fearing that she had gone to the police, which, obviously. Duh. But, hang on. So, he changed, he went to a different state. Yeah. I'm like that was per- like Wait, I get what on. you would do. Hold on. Hold yeah, on. yeah, no, because he was in this. This happened in South Carolina and then he yeah. Went to Florida. So I'm like, he went to a different state. So I'm like, uh, am I not right in thinking that like fair enough? Obviously, it makes sense that if you're like a fucking arsehole scumbag of the week like that, yeah, you're going to try and get as far away as possible. Yeah, like you're going. But to like, state lines. if you cross state lines, does that mean jurisdiction can be handed over to the federal bureau of investigation? Like, so you're making yeah. the big boys able to come after you by crossing state lines. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he basically just made things worse. Yeah. Glad, thank God. Thank God. Yeah, but... Um, So Richard had hidden out at a motel for two days in Jacksonville, Florida, before calling his sister Jennifer and asking her to meet him at an IHOP. Um, Which I was researching this and I was trying to remember what IHOP stands for, but I think it's... It's like a pancake place, International House of Pancakes, I think that's what it is. So Jennifer agreed... But instead called the police and turned him in. Go on, Jennifer, you good thing. Yeah, like, you know, I don't care when people yeah. are related. Like, there's right and this kind of made me think that maybe she was the sister that he molested. Or maybe she just has mm. morals. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then when Richard arrived at the IHOP and saw the police, he sped off. He took off. He cut dash. Yeah. He cut dash. He was doing speeds of 120 miles per hour. Miles? Miles per hour with no lights on and going the wrong way in traffic. I'm like 120 kilometers an hour is fast enough. Yeah, 120 miles. That I don't even know what that is in kilometers. It's a lot. And I we're not in my car for me to look at this. I'll check, check now. Um, but yeah, so like he literally he could have killed even more people doing this. Like he was going the wrong way in traffic at reckless speeds. I I think it was nighttime because there was it said about how he had no lights on. Even more dangerous. So 120 miles an hour. Just over, so like basically 193 kilometres an hour. Jesus Christ, Richard. So, Jesus yeah. Christ. Now, the police finally cornered Richard on Bayfront... Br- I'm such a stutter today, I don't know what's wrong with me. Got cornered in Bray, did he? Yeah, <laughs> got cornered down in Bray. Um, cornered him on Bayfront Drive in Sarasota, Florida. And at this point, Richard shot himself in the head with his twenty five caliber handgun. Okay. Big sad. Um, so sad. I have to say that is not where I saw that going. Really? Like, I mean, I was expecting him to get arrested. Yeah, fair enough. No, he, he shot himself. He's, he said, no, nah, I'm not going to prison. Yeah. I ain't going to no prison. Um, so as Richard had committed suicide, this left police free to search his apartment, where they turned up some interesting finds, including a lockbox containing a Virginia newspaper called Fredericksburg Freelance Star. From May 2nd, 1997, which was the day after Kristen and Katie Lisk disappeared from their front yard, as well as written directions to the Lisk home and notes that seemed to describe the, gr- the girls the girls, <laughs> the girls as, quote, 
11 or 12, the other 14 or 15 brunettes. Very cute. According to Detective James Metz, the directions were pretty explicit. I think he was stalking them. And that was Richard's MO. He would stalk the girls for a few days. And yeah, like a lot of... Yeah, and Psychos. then find the right moment to strike and he would pretend to be selling magazines No, the routine, no yeah. when to kind of put yourself in that position yeah. of to approach and yeah. Um. Now, another, there was another note found in the apartment that had directions as well. I believe this was also found in the lockbox. And these led to another victim, who one who hadn't even been considered as linked to Sophia, Kristen and Katie. In 1996, um, Baltimore student Alicia Shaw... Show Walter Reynolds' body was found on May 15th of 1996, just outside of Lignum. She had gone missing after leaving her home at 7.30am on March 2nd, 1996, to drive from Baltimore to Charlottesville to visit her mother, Sadie. Alicia's car had been found near Culpeper Highway, on the shoulder of the southbound highway, with a white napkin placed on it, which apparently indicates car trouble. Oh. I've never heard that. Like, I mean, maybe it's just a thing in America. And maybe it was more of an old-fashioned thing as yeah, opposed like to, like... Yeah, like, here you just pack like, up and stick your Here, now, if you have care trouble, and I'm assuming it's an international thing, you're normally advised to have one of those little tra- fold-up triangles in your... Yeah, who has those? So you those? put on the hazard lights. Who has and put, those, like? You do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Because I'm pretty sure it's a legal requirement now. Oh, I, I have Yes, one. you I have, have two. I have three. Four. I have four. One for each corner of the car. Yeah. Yeah, now I could be wrong. I don't know if it's a legal requirement, but I I thought I but thought it might we'll cover be. cover I have four, four of them. I bought them in four hundred. The there was a sale in bulk. Yeah, AliExpress. There was, there was a shop. <laughs> I, I bought them in a shop. Um, so where the fuck was I? Oh yeah, uh, which apparently indicates car trouble. But when the car was inspected, there was nothing wrong with it. Now it wasn't revealed how Alicia died, but investigators did did say that she had likely been murdered on the day of her kidnapping. Witnesses had seen Alicia speaking with a man who was driving a dark Nissan truck, or Nissan if you're American. I actually um, wonder, um, in terms of, I'm going to look it up afterwards, what the co- how the company themselves pronounce it. I don't fucking clue. But anyway. I haven't a clue, it's probably Nissan or something. Um, and the truck was possibly dark green or dark blue in colour. The man was described as being in his 30s or 40s with medium length brown hair and no taller than 6 feet. The notes found in Richard's apartment mention... 29 North, right onto 663, crossing a highway beginning with the letter G. Now, the area where Alicia's car was found is near Route 3, which I believe Sophia Silva... <coughs> Sorry. Let me just double check. I believe she was found near Route 3 as well. I believe you said she something was, like that, yeah. Um, she was found floating in a stream near State Route 3. Um, now, Route 3 is also known as Germana Highway. Okay. And that is spelt with a G. Now, it's not certain whether Richard Evenitz is responsible for Alicia's murder, but he is considered a suspect. And I, I forgot to say Alicia was 25 years old. And as well, I do believe I got a bit turned around there and the directions actually led to the body of another woman, Anne Carolyn McDaniel, who was 20 years old and her burned remains were found on September 22nd, 1996. And it's so weird as well. Why did he... Yeah, they're like that bit older. Like, the like okay, obviously he's a suspect with the one whose car was on Route 3. Yeah. Uh, 
Like, but not confirmed. Yeah. But it's like weird because she's 25, seems a bit old for his a MO. A lot older, a and lot then older. His MO doesn't really match also your one that was found at those yeah. directions being burned. Yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't him. But I do but, think as well, a lot of the time when a murder is unsolved, they look at every avenue, they look at yeah. everyone they can. Um, now, Anne, Anne Carolyn McDaniel had cerebral palsy and she was last seen leaving the group home for mentally and physically disabled adults in a town called Orange. Oh yeah, I know of that town. Orange. I've heard of that before. On September 18th, 1996 and it was known that she was going to be trying to hitchhike along Route 29. I might have referred to it as Route 23 at some point. I'm sorry if I did. It's Route 29 and it's believed that Evenitz is responsible for McDaniel's murder as well because the directions... Um, did lead to both to um, her body but also to um, Alicia's car yeah um, so it's kind of so it's like he's either responsible for both or at least one or the other yeah you know, one or t'other. one or t'other because why would you have directions to that area when you're doing what you're doing if yeah. you hadn't been linked to at least one of them exactly um, now, police would also go on to say that Richard had been on a list of suspects in relation to the murders of Sophia Silva and Kristen and Katie Lisk, but forensic evidence found at the time was not strong enough to force them to submit a DNA test. Right. And obviously, when Cara was found, there was, um, I believe, five like there was fibers from the handcuffs matched. There was fibers, um, I believe, from the, the Pontiac. Yeah, um, and they matched, like and this is on about like the match handcuffs that your one showed up in two thousand and two. Yeah, what was her name again? Cara. Thank you. Brain so the handcuffs, the handcuffs that Cara was wearing, wore as she yeah, ran into the police were station. obviously the handcuffs that he had used, used on the other three the, girls yeah. as well. So um, that was the evidence they needed to tie to the other cases. Yeah. Now there is, there is one other case that Richard is linked to, but unfortunately, I had so much trouble trying to access the information about it and it's not that the information isn't there it's that like i couldn't get it was the ad block and even when i turned off my ad block my ad block um some this thing kept popping up and i couldn't close it i couldn't get it off the screen to access the information is the the issue that i was having that's really weird and it seemed to be the same on every the same on every site that i found and like i physically literally figuratively cannot explain it but the the basics are um in 1988 12 year old sarah cherry was babysitting at a house i don't know whose house i don't know if it was a neighbor i don't know if it was yeah, close yeah, to yeah. Her home but i know she was abducted from that house and i know she was found a few days later and i believe she had been sexually assaulted with sticks oh dear god and strangled yeah um and someone did get arrested for her murder, Dennis DeChain, I think his name was. Okay. But basically, I think the Innocence Project and a couple of other people are working on potentially getting even it's his DNA, if if there is DNA. Yeah, if there's DNA. Tested against DNA from the case, if there is DNA from the case. Because they believe that it was him Because they believe that it was him. Because um, I know I saw something that apparently he was in the area where her body was found. Right. Um, Taking speed. I think it was. Standard. Um, now, again, this is just from what I could skim from the article before that, like, block thing popped yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so take it with a pinch of salt. But apparently it's known that she was actually alive for six hours, I think it was six hours after the time that he was in those woods where she was found. And I think her body was found partially hidden under leaves and brush as well. Um. So 
as I said, I just couldn't access the information myself. Unfortunately, that's like a strange one though because it's like he's never seemed that we know of left anyone alive before he's this left. This was nineteen eighty eight so, as well though, so it would have been prior to the murders in the nineties. So it could have been part of his mo at that time, I suppose, or it could have been him trying to hide it. Whereas later, then he. But I yeah, but it just kind of like if that's just the words off from the eighties. It's not really an MO when it's one person. Yeah, no, it's not like... An MO is, you know, over time, over multiple victims or instances. Yeah, so look, as I said, I just couldn't access the information myself, unfortunately. But depending on where you are in the world, you might have more luck than I did if it's something that you want to It could be a into. geographic thing. Yeah, Um. now just to close out this episode, um, I want to speak a bit about Cara Robinson, um, our survivor. So Cara Robin- Robinson Chamberlain, as she is now known has gone on to live a beautiful life. She finished high school and even took up a part-time job doing administrative work at the Richland County Sheriff's Department. She pursued and obtained her bachelor's degree in psychology at the University of South Carolina. And after graduating, she went on to enroll in the South Carolina Criminal Justice Academy before becoming a deputy sheriff with the Richland County Sheriff's Department. Um, now, Cara has worked as a school resource officer, um, a sex crime and child abuse investigator and a victim's advocate. Um, she did leave the police force when she gave birth to her first child. Um, and she is now, like, she's very active on social media. That's how I thought to do this case. I came across one of her videos. Um, but she's now happily married uh, with children and living her best life and that's kind of it for good at least that's kind of like a, a positive of it i suppose yeah like as positive as you can be but yeah like she seems she's make she, she's made a life she for made herself, the best like, she made the best out of the shit hand that she was and made. who knows how long if she hadn't managed to escape who knows how long more he would have gotten away with doing things and exactly, killing more people because he would have killed her is the thing yeah um but no she seems very resilient very strong um I really respect the fact that she went into the police force after what she had been through, you know. Yeah, kind of fair play. That whole thing of wanting to help others in the way you were helped, I suppose. Yeah, because I suppose I said first thing she did was run to the police station. Yeah, straight there. Handcuffs still on her wrist. Straight yeah. in. Told them everything. Thank God. Um. So yeah, that is it for today's case, guys. Um. Sorry we've both had brain, fo- brain frog. Brain frog. <laughs> Example of the brain... The b- Bra- yeah. Very that. Very that. Very that. We're going to get very that printed on t-shirts. Um, but yeah. So thanks once again for listening. Um, Fair I'm, I'm going to sound just as bad in the next episode because we're recording that next. But hopefully after that, I will sound my normal self again. Yes. And as a unit, hopefully we will both have less brain fog. Hopefully. Jesus Christ. We need to stop sharing brain sounds, Josh. It's doing us no favours. Oh, give me mine back. <laughs> it's my turn with it and you know it you didn't have to gas me to get them <laughs> <laughs> well you weren't sharing okay you um, weren't sharing right but anyway once again guys thanks for listening um, and stay humble stay kind stay honest and stay safe <laughs> specifically what, stay safe whatever you do don't be a dick very that and <laughs> right so okay thanks guys Bye. Until the next time. Ciao.